1: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
0: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... The interview series presented by WFPK, Independent Louisville, at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sounds, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Big hello to all the subscribers. Thank you so much for checking out this series as we release uh, new episodes multiple times every single week. It's a lot. It's the best way to keep up with your favorite artists. You know that. I appreciate you listening. And if you're not a subscriber, we're about to get started, so go ahead and do that. All of your friends are subscribed already. Hit the uh, button wherever you're listening from on your preferred listening device. Just hit subscribe and... uh, We'll deliver this to your eardrums multiple times every single week. Of course, you can also give this a series of rating and a review. Those are always uh, super helpful, always appreciated. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, the band Post Animal, I'm going to be talking with Jake Hirschland about their brand new record called Forward Motion Goddessy. It's an interesting title that they get to play around with the meanings with. In fact, I'm going to ask him about lyrics. You know, the the, the lyrics that can be a bit mysterious sometimes and that's, uh, as Jake will tell you, intentional. We'll hear how important it is for him for us to understand those lyrics, too. As well as the importance of mystery in music for an artist. We'll hear about recording the record in Big Sky, Montana. Now, uh, The last time, on their very first record, there was some ghost stories that came along with it. So, uh, did The Hauntings follow them? you got to tune in for that one as well. And as Jake will tell you, it's an album with extremes. From pop songs to deep psychedelic songs and everything in between. What are the boundaries, if there are any? And how do the shared experiences of a band kind of uh, bring it all into the lyrical concepts? It's an interesting trick that two songwriters can be writing in totally separate rooms, but after spending all their time together, they come around and... Look at that, they've written about the same stuff. That's a fun little story that gets in this record as well. We'll also hear about how house music has influenced one of the singles and their tour. Catch them on tour in February in the UK, opening up for Cage the Elephant, a band from right down the road from us here in Louisville. In fact, they spent a lot of time with White Reaper as well, which uh, from Louisville right here. So of course I've got to ask about that stuff. Let's get into it. It's about the record Forward Motion Goddessy. It's Kyle Meredith with Post Animal.
2: Hey, uh, my name's Jake. I'm calling up from Post Animal.
0: Forward motion goddessy. Am I saying that right? The play on the Odyssey with yeah, the goddessy? That's it. a, it's a seriously cool title that I don't understand at all, but I, I like it. Well,
2: hopefully, yeah, the, hopefully the music illuminates some of the, the meaning of the title. We're trying to dance around telling people exactly what we think about it. Um, as to not kind of corrupt the the process of people figuring it out on their, you know, figuring out what it means to them. But yeah, yeah, it is kind of, you know, I think it's perplexing intentionally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be a a little bit of the emo. I mean, even when I get into the lyrics of this record and I hear the way you all talk about it, like, how important is it for you that I understand the
2: lyrics? I would say, personally, it's it's important for me that you understand the lyrics in your own way. It's not necessarily crucial that you understand the lyrics in the way that I understand the lyrics. Does that make sense?
0: So, so for you, like, the lyrics don't necessarily have to tell a, a story?
2: I think some of the lyrics do tell a story, um... And I think some of them tell a pretty clear story, but I, I think song that's, you know, it's different for every song. I would say like uh, there, there's some songs that have a more, um, I, I don't want to a more uh, broad meaning that can be applied to many different things. And then there's, uh, there are some songs that we tried to hit a certain nail on the head, and you know, with with the lyrics, so it's it's not necessarily all completely open to interpretation. But you know, we definitely we've we've made the mistake in the past of kind of giving a little bit too much information. I think, and um, I think we all kind of agreed going into this that going into the promotion of this record that we that we felt the best about not sort of stepping on listeners' uh, toes and letting people figure things out as they as they please because everyone's going to have their own unique connection to the, the music and uh, and for all of us it's more fun when we listen to music and are able to not sort of, you know, lyric genius everything and like know exactly what the artist meant by it. So uh, yeah, like a lot, just leaving some room for like listeners to engage with the music by coming up with inserting some of their own meaning, I
0: guess. Now you playing that other side of that. Did, and you talk about the danger of that. Have you had those moments in your own life where, where you had connected to a song and and learning about it later, did that destroy it for you? Is that what you're worried about uh, with, with how it's perceived? that? That telling the real thing sort of takes something away from the listener.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think I've definitely had had moments. It's hard to think of one specifically, but you know, I, I think especially in the internet age, where where a lot of people, there's a lot of videos of people unpacking things and talking about the process of making a song or writing lyrics, and like that stuff is everywhere online, and it's really easy to kind of take a lot of the mystery out of the writing of modern music that you love, Um, which is, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that's a, that's, those are bad pieces of content on the internet or anything like that. Like, I, I think we all love to dive into our favorite artists online and find out, you know, where they were at when they were working on something. So yeah, I guess maybe like danger is too harsh of a word, but it's just kind of, we just made the choice that we would rather leave, leave some unknowns, At least for the beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. while people are familiarizing themselves with stuff and, you know, like we'll we'll, we'll talk with people about what we what we think about the lyrics and everything comes from a place of honesty and is based on real events or thoughts and feelings. But, yeah, I guess like we just don't want to put out some concise like Track breakdown right. thing, or talk about like you know the specific whatever that caused every single part of every single song. You know. Um, <laughs>
0: well, I think yeah, uh, mystery it's
2: more of an adventure.
0: Yeah, I mean, mystery yeah. is so important. I mean, so so I, I completely agree with you on, on on all that, and 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 actually being successful, uh, having mystery successfully in twenty twenty in the digital age, however you want to say that, I mean, it's a difficult thing to do you know, from, from the band's point of view and your image to, you know, more specifically, like the songs we're talking about, I mean, I, I do find that uh, somehow uh, Post Animal has been able to keep an air of mystery about them.
2: Yeah, we've kind of gone back and forth, you know, we, we, we sometimes we, we like to be vague and off in our own universe and putting things out there that are completely strange and obscure, but, uh, and then other times we'll really, we'll put out like a, a piece of internet content that's like very, very honest and not that flattering. I think we kind of like to Play with a little bit of both because we don't, we don't take ourselves all that seriously. Our, we don't take ourselves seriously enough to think that our world is some needs to be some big mystery to everyone all the time. But I think we definitely like to play with the mystery and play with like the play with the medium of Instagram or the medium like you play with YouTube and see like you know ways that we can like use mystery to have a little fun or create a more nuanced experience for people who are enjoying our music or not enjoying it or whatever, you yeah.
0: know? Well, jumping into a little bit of the details and at least the background on some of this, uh, you know, you had mentioned like uh, knowing where the band did it. So Big Sky Montana just happens to be the scene for, for this one. Sure. Yeah,
2: um, absolutely.
0: I, I, was, I was going back and reading some of the stuff from the previous record and everything, and, and I ran across some stories about uh, during that recording experience, having some hauntings mm-hmm. and ghostly moments. And I was just wondering if... Uh, if that followed you at all to this uh, this new album.
2: You know, I wish I could say that something happened. I'm a total I'm a I'm a ham for you know playing up a ghost story if if uh, if it's there, but <laughs> it's it's yeah, honestly no hauntings at this at this place. We saw a lot of wildlife. There was some some uh, mystical behavior around us and you know, seeing like pine martens and m- moose and stuff. It was cool, it was striking. And uh, magnificent, but nothing spooky, unfortunately. So it wasn't
0: like a ghostly moose, anyway. It's just a moose.
2: No, just a yeah, big, big old moose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those are some fun stories. I know some of our listeners won't know anything about that. You don't have to go too deep because I know it's been talked about. But that was sort of what followed you on the first record, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it was a uh, it was some it was very unexpectedly in, intense experience out there for some of us. And then also uh there was a sort of tale that followed it with uh a lot of weird things occurring after we recorded the record, um learning about the the history of the lake that we or the uh, supernatural history of the lake that we recorded at. Talking to some members of the family who owned that house that we recorded Castle at, and some of their experiences. There was a uh, someone with some uh, some experience as a medium who entered the story and corroborated the feelings that we had. had. It was it, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but. uh, And it definitely, yeah, it was something, I think it it was something that a lot of people were curious about afterwards,
0: too. Well, it's kind of fun to hear, you know, you talk about how environment kind of works itself in to kind of have those moments and then go back to listen to that record sort of in that context, you know, but, um, you know, kind of shifting to the next one, though. I mean, so that does present the scene. I mean, Big Sky, Montana is its own kind of Thing, you know spookiness aside I mean you're talking like you know the the uh, the environment there had to have some kind of effect on what you all were doing was that the
2: case oh absolutely yeah I think scenically it had uh, its own it had a, an effect a strong effect but yeah like the the layout of the house that we were work we were working on the record in was just it it made its way into the music undoubtedly we we were recording in a large Room for the most part, that was a two story room with a balcony, like the second story was a balcony, and we positioned the guitar amps all like up and down and across the room and um, we were able to place microphones in strange places and very high places um, to capture all sorts of room tone that was bouncing around this high ceiling and then on top of that, just these massive windows that were facing the facing the mountain range that we were nestled into and these you know bright pink sunsets every single day, clear like bright blue skies, and we were recording facing out these windows, and yeah, it was. It, I think it affected the playing, it affected the quality of the recording, and um, definitely the the space encouraged. A little bit of extra invention, just because we had never recorded in a place like this. And we've done, we always do everything with friends or mostly on our own. This time, we brought some some uh, friends who are engineers to help us engineer the thing. But it's, so you know, it's some we've we've always done some version of DIY recording. And so it was a, it was fun to kind of have this exciting new space influence our process the way that it did. I mean, yeah.
0: In your type, I mean, your music. <laughs> Sounds like it allows for a lot of experimentation. Do you have that while you're actually making the record, or is everything pretty much set in stone? I mean, do you, can you guys sit, still sit around and play and jam or whatever when you're actually yeah. doing the recording?
2: We do. We do a lot of um, we do a lot of on the fly uh, decision making. I would say that this record that's about to come out, Godyssey, is has probably the least amount of um, site improv of anything, but it's still anything we've ever done but it still has a lot of, uh, of last minute changes. And, and we're, we're always, you know, doing what we set out to do and then finding ways to trip ourselves up and like complicate things for ourselves. So (laughs) definitely, uh, we're, we're in a, we're like blessed to be a sort of a amoeba of a, a group of musicians and we feed off of each other. And we have, uh, very like often very fleeting attention spans and sometimes someone will do something in the moment that just we just all fall in love with and that becomes the focus and we go down a rabbit hole for a little while and i think we're creating a kind of music that opens its arms very widely to that kind of behavior yeah
0: well the attention spans i mean especially that that seems like that might account for As you all have been talking about going to different extremes, as far as you know, two songs not exactly sounding anything like each other—from from from the you know more experimental and psychedelic side to the popular side—maybe like we've heard with "Schedule." I I would wonder though: are there is there ever a line in the sand? Are there boundaries that you won't cross? Like you know what? We're not going that far down that hole, though.
2: Honestly, I mean, you know, Post Animal started as a country band, and then (laughs) we became a psych rock band, and then we have sort of wiggled into this pop progressive thing. So I don't think we've ever had a precedent for giving ourselves boundaries. Um, Yeah, I think uh, we're, we're learning to identify what we want out of something before we go into creating a project now so we, we're like with this record everything's very intentional and we we know kind of what we knew what we wanted to make and we knew what we wanted each song to feel like and the kind of you know the genres we wanted to play with um but in the process of deciding what we wanted i, I would say that there were there were no uh, restrictions really i mean um, in the past, also, we've kind of not even gone into things really knowing what we were looking for. And so we sort of found um, found interesting stuff along the way. But this one, this one definitely, there was, there. Was, I guess you could say there were boundaries in the way that we went into it with a lot of intention. But I don't think that we would ever, you know, if, anyone, if someone wanted to make a pop country song, we would probably give it a shot. <laughs> if the idea was good enough, you know.
0: Well, being a band, I mean, you, you also have a lot of shared experiences. When you're putting this album together at the end of it, I mean, do you find that, you know, all these multiple ideas uh, have a similar thread? I mean, that, that ends up being how, you know, l- lyrical concepts end up happening, especially when you have multiple songwriters. And I hear a lot of artists going, you know, we didn't even talk about that. It's not like we were trying to write that, but they do start blending together.
2: Absolutely. every Everything we work on more and more, that we find that that's happening. I, I'm, I was struck by... Um how much that was happening with this, this album. And we, when we, when it came time to work on lyrics, like uh, we, we did, we did some of that together and some of that separately, but I don't think if, if I hadn't been there for the process, I don't think I would know what was done in collaboration and what was done in isolation. When you spend so much time with people and you share a life experience with them, you end up, you know, thinking about a lot of the same things and, you know, a lot of your, Struggles and successes involve the other people that you spend your life with. So, yeah, I think like we obviously have our unique perspectives, but everything's tied together because of this thing that we're doing all the time together. You know,
0: I, I do want to ask real quick about the um, you know the first track we got was uh, "Safe or Not" uh, with the parentheses extended mix. Uh, what does that differ from the album version that we're going to hear?
2: It, it, yeah, it's just uh, in like uh, we, we, there's a couple of sort of house music um, fans in the band or I I guess everyone likes it but you know we we were kind of borrowing from this sort of tradition within electronic music of kind of you know creating like one thing feels right and we want to make the concise version but then there's also this jam that we worked on and that feel it feels like incorrect somehow to not put that out into the world so yeah it's you know there's uh, there's an album version of Safe or Not but the extended mix is the it's the full breadth of the idea in one thing and we just wanted to give it to give it to everyone to check out you know what what we imagined that song would be if it were, you know, 7 minutes long or whatever.
0: <laughs> no, when you do it live, do you do you go towards the 7 minute version more? I mean, is it or or whatever do, yeah. do you let it expand like that?
2: Yeah, we I mean, who knows what we're going to continue to do, but we've been playing the whole the whole thing uh live uh, to we we're just kind of in phase 1 of playing a lot of this new material live. Um so Things could change for sure, but our first instinct was to play the full extended mix or a sort of adaptation of the extended mix. You could call it like live version.
0: <laughs> cool. I look forward to hearing it. And speaking live, uh, you know, I'll also mention uh, you guys are out uh, next month in the UK with uh, Cage the Elephant, who are from our area here. Yeah.
2: Yes they're Bowling Green.
0: Bowling Green, that's right. Right down the road from us in Louisville. In fact, uh White yeah. Reaper you guys have uh, you guys are close with them, right? Which you're of course from oh, right here in Louisville.
2: Guys. Yeah. So they're they're, some, they're, they're amazing. So. <laughs> The sons, the sons of your city.
0: <laughs> uh, we love those guys. Both of those bands. That's a that's a really cool. So uh, sad that I won't be in the UK to catch those shows, unfortunately. So maybe
2: we'll see you down the road uh, when we when we come down south for our tour.
0: Absolutely, Jake. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I look yeah, forward to the full thank record you for here too.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. All right, man. Take care. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.
0: My thanks to Jake from Post Animal. The new Post Animal record is called Forward Motion Goddessy. And again, that tour, uh, the next leg is in the U.K. in February with Cage the Elephant. And a big thanks to you for checking out the episode and making it all the way to the end here. Uh, If you're not already a subscriber, right before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button anywhere that you're listening from right now. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, ACAST, Podchaser, Stitcher, any of those places, wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Give the series a rating, leave a review, just a comment, say hi in the box, wherever you're listening from. I always love hearing from you in those moments there. And then after that, head to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can find me on social media, all the social medias at Kyle Meredith. Same thing across the board there. That does it for this edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
1: Hey, I'm Jen and I love horror movies.
0: I'm Mikey, I'm dead inside it. I also love horror movies. And
1: we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies.
0: That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin.
1: <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not,
0: no other reasons at all. <laughs> <You> <laughs> None at at all. Whatever.
1: So every, <laughs> <laughs> every week we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frost. <laughs>
0: and then we make fun of it more. Or
1: Or explain it's deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out.